Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, May 9th, 2023, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter Into Action. We are on page 80, second paragraph. This brings to mind a story, and ending with, in fact, his rival was ruined one paragraph only. Today's readers, reading the text will be Susan S.H., reading page 164 is Barb W., and Camilla G. will be our backup reader. Newcomer greeter is Pam S.R., and the host for the second meeting will be Barb W. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, 7 a.m. meeting, May 8, 2023, is 20,236. And the 10 a.m. meeting, Eastern Standard Time, is 20,237. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Marietta P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Marietta P. from Virginia Recovered. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought to prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be a service. Thank you. Thank you, Marietta P. And now I will ask Jim K. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, everybody. Jim K. from Minneapolis, compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery 
recovery depends upon OA unity, too. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Jim. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share press, Star 1 to unmute. Once you have done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star 1 to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous on Into Action, and we are on page 80, second paragraph. This brings to mind a story and will be ending with, in fact, his rival was ruined, one paragraph only. I will now ask Susan S.H. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Susan S.H. Thank you. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in St. Mary's, Ohio. Um, This brings to mind a story about one of our friends. While drinking, he accepted a sum of money from a bitterly hated business rival, giving him no receipt for it. He subsequently denied having received the money and used the incident as a basis for discrediting the man. He thus used his own wrongdoing as a means of destroying the reputation of another. In fact, his rival was ruined. Yeah, this is a paragraph that uh, I didn't necessarily care to discuss, but the fact is there were a couple couple past things that were very legal. 
and uh, I, with both of them, it was I, I could not find the particular person that I needed to make the amends to. But I did make restitution in the form of of uh, help organizations that that pertain to this thing. Um, one was two people of that age, <laughs> and the other was to a homeless shelter. And I did get feedback from others to help me come up with what the right thing was. What really comes to mind is uh, kind of a bitterly hated business rival. It was just a coworker that I just just did not get along with, and I I just I was in the food, I was in my disease, and boy, I was into knocking her every chance I got. It didn't harm her. Um, I don't believe it harmed her um, reputation because she was a heck of a smart person and a good worker. But the fact is, I finally came to see and was able to make face-to-face amends to her and tell her that, you know, I am truly sorry I could have been a much better coworker when we were working together. And I wish I had because we, we really had a lot to offer each other. <laughs> and yeah, she hugged me and she said that I taught her so much. It was a good amends. And yeah, um, I've learned and I continue to learn. And I I hope that that pertained to this paragraph. It it seemed to to me my experience, strength, and hope, and uh, that's what I have. I will pass. Thank you very much, Susan F. H. Okay. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to the to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Rosie W. Can you say that again? Rosie W. Okay. Star one to unmute. Got to be other people who want to share. Chris G. Chris G. Chris G. In Tennessee. Got it. Okay. Let's take a couple more. Lisa M. Wisconsin. Lisa M. One more out there. Okay, well, let's start with, I hope I have your name right, Lacey W., Chris G., and Lisa M. Go ahead, Lacey. Hi, thank you. Um, this is Rosie W., um, compulsive reader in Devon in the UK. Um, grateful for everyone on the line this morning. In fact, just really grateful for this meeting right now. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I really see myself in this paragraph. 
And what's worse is that I see parts of myself that still exist, you know, after many years in recovery. Um, using, <laughs> make, making something up, you know, doing, doing something wrong that harms somebody else and then using my wrongdoing as a means of destroying the reputation of another that you know that would have been my kind of that would have been my kind of tactic and what frightens me is as i said that this kind of stuff still crops up in my mind as a viable option frequently um and yet you know here i am with my character defect of superiority <laughs> i'm full of these terrible schemes and evil plans and yet I still um, spend a lot of time in um, in superiority and I think what I really heard when I was um, reading this paragraph this morning and listening to it again just now and listening to the lead share was accountability um, because I have a mind that will always default to this kind of thinking it seems to come as naturally to me as breathing um, no matter where I am in my spiritual life um, and if I'm in fit spiritual condition, um, I spot it quickly and and I do something about it. And if I'm not in fit spiritual condition, which because I'm a human being, I sometimes I'm not. In fact, frequently at times, God is really teaching me a lot of painful lessons right now. Um, I need I need the accountability. And as I often say to sponsees, you know, the, all this accountability stuff, you know, telling me this and planning in that and calling ex people a day you know none of this is designed to make your life difficult or to shame you or to make you feel that you're being watched and that you know you've got to tell on yourself to a grown-up who's going to tell you off this is all because if you're anything like me your mind is capable of this kind of scheming conniving and if you're anything like me you will not spot it um so that's why i pray for willingness every day to continue to practice rigorous honesty and to be accountable, which for me means means picking up the phone and sending through a nightly review and, um, you know, really just taking a close look at what's been going on in my head during the day, because my head is not a safe place to be um, without a pass. Thank you very much. Next, we have Chris G. and Lisa M. Go ahead, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for taking the meeting, and thank you for uh, everybody that's doing service today. Um, uh, this paragraph is, is brings to mind a story about uh, uh, one of our friends, and 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 so I, I look at the paragraph before this where it says, "Before taking drastic action, which might implicate other people, we secure their consent, and then if we've obtained the permission and have consulted others, we ask God to help." And the drastic step is indicated we must not shrink. So we have to do things that make us uncomfortable, you know, and we don't we don't just uh you know, look for an easier, softer way. But we have to go back and look at our past, look at our actions, look at our stories and um and and contemplate what we can do and uh consult with others and, and then and then take uh Take action, but not without uh, not a drastic action without thinking. But to take action with thinking. So it makes me think of restraint. What do I want to do? What I should do? What I'm going to do? You know, restraint, discipline, humility, and self-examination. And for me, um, um, 
I didn't, uh, I, I had a rebel, I have some rebellious streaks. And one of my rebellious streaks was this uh, writing down a nightly review. I, I just didn't want to write it down on paper. And a couple of months ago, I started making some notes and writing down and going over what I did the day before and putting it down on paper. Some nights I, I do more than others. But this discipline of writing it down, it, it, it showed me things that otherwise, without writing it down, I would never figure out. And so, um, yes, uh, restraint, discipline, humility, and, uh, and, and looking at things. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Christy. Next, we have Lisa M. Good morning, and thank you. I'm from Wisconsin. I don't know if you got that or not. Thank you, moderator, for your service this morning. Um, yeah, this this reminds me how actually my disease wants me to look really stupid to other people. And I never really stole money that I recall, um, but I know that I tried to discredit people and their reputation a lot by talking behind their back. And I would make it sound like I was the victim. And I think that what happened to me is I would feel very, um, like, I would want to let other people know. Please re-enter your credit card number now. Should your credit card company not approve something going on with our line? <laughs> anyway, uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. So anyway, um, I think that what um, I would do is I would try to have people um, – think that I was a victim in a situation by talking about others so that if something happened they would say oh well you know she was that other person was like that and that's why that happened and like it's like a weird self-protection I don't know how to explain it but I remember um telling somebody when I was um young in my 20s telling somebody saying something about somebody in a real negative way, and even using the B word, which I no longer do. And um, and it got back to them. And somebody told me that it got back to them. And I was very embarrassed, but I never said I was sorry. I was just embarrassed for getting caught. And that happened so much. I was quite the backstabber. I remember doing that with my mother-in-law as well. Um, and walking into a room and having everybody in the room just quiet, not saying a word when I walked in, the conversation stopping and feeling like what was going on, why didn't they like me? Well, you know, talked about people and that's what happened. I wanted to help you. credit people. So um, I guess that's all I have to say and thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you very much, Lisa M. Okay, who else would like to share on the second paragraph on page 80 that was read? Nessa R. Nessa R. Katie G. from Boston. Julie M. Vasa O. Vasa O. Anyone else? 
All right, we will start with this lineup. So go ahead, Nessa R. Applica BG from Florida. Thank you for calling. I have. May I help you? Who? Go, go ahead, Nessa R. Hello. Hi. Um, I think that there's on the somebody on the line. That there's there's like a crossed line or yes, merged call or something. The other person will handle that. Just go ahead. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So. Uh, Thank you. This is Nessa R. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, good morning, Vision, for you. I, um, you know, I kind of want to jump on the bandwagon of the last share because, you know, like a modern day way of um, ruining somebody's reputation, um, doing harm to a quote-unquote rival, is definitely gossip. Um, you know, and I have learned that when a person gossips, three people get hurt. You know, the person that gossips, the person that gets it's gossiped about, and the person who hears the gossip. And so, you know, like when making amends, amends have to be made to all three people. Um, obviously, the one who's being gossiped about cannot be direct amends because to do so would injure them or others, right? Like how can I say, I, I, you know, I, I try to discredit you behind your back. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to repair the damage. And that is done by making amends to the person we spoke gossip to, um, by going to that person and apologizing and explaining why it was wrong and explaining why it was not um, appropriate and, you know, if it was false, why it was false, uh, and try to repair the damage that way. And then, the the way to repair the done or to make amends to the person who spoke gossip myself is to stop stop um, speaking gossip, the so-called living amends, but also stop listening to gossip because there could be a vicarious thrill also by listening to somebody's gossip. Oh, you know, such and such person wasn't so good after all, kind of thing. Um, and this is a place where I struggle not so much to not listen to it, but how to stop it. So. You know, when somebody starts speaking, speaking, speaking gossip to me, what I used to do is say, like, very abruptly and, and I guess maybe even disrespectfully or rudely, um, please don't speak gossip in front of me or I don't listen to gossip, which is quite um, hurtful. Um, you know, uh, and then, of course, then I would need to make amends to that person for, for being so, so rude. Um, what I do now is I either try to stir the conversation away from the topic or I just exit, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, look at the time and, you know, I got to go and buy kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but that's important because, you know, like gossip just takes a life of its own and it just gets passed on. And, and this is how we, we, people, people, people get hurt and rumors get made that, that can become quite destructive. So, so, um, yeah, this is all I, I have to share. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ness R. Next, we have Katie G, followed by Julie M. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. I guess what really um, stuck out for me today is this bitterly hated business rival. And what I really relate to is... Um, what one of my AA heroes talks about is like, I'm just, I will read this, is that I'm a please love me a holic, right? Like I want to buy things 
with money I don't have to impress people I don't like. Um, I, I will sell my soul for other people's approval. And the problem with that is that, you know, I, I live my life dominated by hatred ever since I was a little girl. Um, I, you know, I just felt like I had to put other people down in order to be okay myself. And I remember being at work um, in a recovered state, right? And I found out that people were talking about me. And instead of asking God in and instead of asking God for help, I went around to every single colleague of mine and I said, are you talking about me and how dare you? And what is, what is, why am I saying this today? Because my biggest work is to be okay in my own skin, right? My biggest work is to be one of God's girls and to not hate. Like I can tell you today, I don't hate people. And the biggest amends that I can do, honestly, for me right now is to be not not hating people, to, ha- to not have that hatred in my heart, and it is not easy. Because look, God made us all really different. Um, but it, to use that, you know, hatred in my heart as motivation for hurting other people, I mean, that's how I've lived my whole life. And today, thanks be to God, I don't have to do that. Like, I have one of my best friends, like, I have had to make repeated, repeated amends because I've wanted to gossip and I've gone to her in the name of recovery and listen to this and blah, blah, blah. And who's the one getting hurt? Well, it's me because I'm harming the integrity of my friendship because any time that I'm discrediting another person, you know, I'm putting negativity into this world. One of my really wonderful friends taught me that like, I don't want to be putting negativity into the world anymore. Like I've done that enough, right? I've done that enough. And so today, like in order to be one of God's kids, it's like when I get disturbed, I got to see how am I like them? How am I like them? How do I do what they do? Because it's not enough for me to be sympathetic anymore. Sympathy is just let me give you this rope and show you how to use it to, to, to pull yourself up, right? Empathy is let me give you this rope and let's hold it together and let's pull ourselves out of this hole. I should have used a shovel. That would have made more sense, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like how can I empathize with the person that I'm feeling so disturbed by and, um, yeah, I'm just grateful to be here, and I'm grateful that I don't have hate in my heart today. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Katie. Uh, next, we have Julie M., followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Julie. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Julie M., a rec- uh, compulsive overeater from Minneapolis. Um, I once heard a very wise person say, if you can't get anything from reading the entire paragraph, Try and read just one sentence. If that doesn't work for you, break down the sentence into just a phrase. And if that doesn't work for you, just look at one word. And the phrase in this paragraph that resonates with me is destroying the reputation of another, which is what our last two um, speakers just hit on, too. Um, I work in a very uh, strong group of women, uh, powerful, driven uh, ladies who um, we we talk a lot. We do. We boost each other up, but boy, I can help. I can participate in tearing down too. This ego-based thinking of mine 
is such a major defect of character, destroying the reputation of others through gossip, through maligning the reputation of another, through um, criticizing their work, their style, their decision-making. You know, all of this results in my motivation to make myself look better. That is my ego. I am trying to make myself, elevate myself um, by taking down another, dropping another person off that ladder and taking a step up in front of them. You know, stepping, I mean, visually, just stepping on top of another person and boosting myself up on their shoulders and getting higher than they are. All of this basically because I'm trying to uh, pet my own ego, trying to boost myself. But another big motivating factor is I want to look better in front of other people. I want to be the better one, the smarter one. Oh, look at her. She is really something. Um, I, um, I've brought this out in my inventory lately. I have some amends to make. And um, what I believe it was necessary before me is exactly um, what I'm hoping to do is to stop participating in the gossip. I'm praying to God for the strength, for the guidance, for the um, just, dear God, close my mouth and open my eyes, you know, open my ears. Just accept people on the ground that they're at. Um, stop this need to put other people down and build myself up. Be okay with um, just elevating myself, elevating myself based on my own actions, not on the actions of another. Okay, thank you. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julian. Uh, Next we have Vasa O. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa. Grateful recover compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And boy, this is a strong paragraph. <laughs> All this stuff is coming on in the fourth and the fifth step for me. And uh, I I thought I was wonderful till I looked how I, how I was unwonderful un- I thought I was. And I was that strong, powerful woman. And, and certain people did not, um, did not, um, worked as hard or to my own, my own standards, and that it made me feel better to gossip. And uh, I didn't. Now looking back, that is really ruining other people's uh, reputation. And I've made amends, and I've asked God to forgive me for the person that I was, and to help me be another person and another kind of a person that he wants me to be not the person that I want to be and I've been so grateful to get that through the through working the 12 steps and uh and yeah people gossip about me I'm a family member and she was ruining my reputation but I have no control over it I'm not the same person they're trying to make themselves feel better about themselves so, you know, I've, I'm learning gradually about the disease, you know, of overeating. It's physical, emotional, spiritual. You know, I'm learning all all here. I didn't owe money to anybody, a lot of money at all. But I remember when 
we were moving. It was the end of the uh, of the end of the school year, and I asked my friend if she would give me a dime so I could buy ice cream. And I knew I was not going to see her, but she lived in another town. So I did that on purpose, and that came up in my inventory, and it came up on my thoughts a lot, you know. You know, I did that on purpose so I wouldn't have to give her the money. Well, we don't have any money, I would tell myself. I'll justify. Well, they have more money than I do. And I remember going to a, a, um, a jewelry store and just looking around, and my daughter was like maybe two or three years old, and she picked up a, this little necklace, you know. It was gold, and then... By the time I went in the car and I realized and I justified, I said, well, I didn't do it. My daughter did it. And, oh, my God. But then later on, I went back to the jewelry store. I wanted to make amends them, but they were closed. I don't know where they went. So I gave it to another child that didn't come, that they they were poor, you know. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we can't tell our whole story in three minutes, but it's a good reminder. I want to be, I don't want to be that person. I'm a different person today. I'm honest with myself. And I, if something, if somebody owes me something, I tell them. And if I owe something to somebody else, I give it to them. And this is where the honesty comes. Hi. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bessabo. And for those who just got on, um, we value your experience, but we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day so that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share in the paragraph that was read? Blanca BG. Blanca. Alice W. Alice W. What page are we on? We are on page 80, the second paragraph. Who else would like to share? Carmela G, Julie. Carmela G. And we take one more. Okay, well, we're going to start with Blanca BG, followed by Alice W, and then Carmela. Go ahead, Blanca. Hi, good morning. Uh, can I be heard? Yes. Uh, well, I would uh, thank you, everyone, brothers and sisters in this program. Thank you, moderator, for doing service. You know, so I'd like to uh, take off a little bit on what someone said about it. it's amazing how quickly those character defects kick back in. You know, and I forget sometimes that defects that I had for a lifetime are not going to disappear overnight. And it's not going to disappear easily, and it takes work. Um, I was uh, with a friend uh, over the weekend. I went to visit her, and, you know, I, um, I bullied her. I bullied her verbally. I started in on her about she's seeing someone, and, you, sh- you know, and I don't like him, and you sh- he does this, and he takes advantage of you, and I don't think we... I mean, I I was even shocked at what the words that were coming out of my mouth. I, I was like, I couldn't even believe that I switched back into, you know, that Blanca that, that I swore I would never let out of the jar again. And there she was. Well, it, it didn't, you know, I... I immediately recognized I had to make an amend, and I and I will say that I did. I apologized profusely, 
when we got back, I mean, you know, I just said, I, I can't even believe how I, and she was very hurt. I did make an amend. Did she accept it? I don't know. But deep down inside, I feel the damage was probably done. And we've been friends for 21 years. My character defects are so bad that I was willing at that moment I, to, to risk a friendship of 21 years. Oh, boy. And I'm still, you know, it keeps going over and over in my head. So I just continue. I, I know I must continue to work on this and I will work, have to work on this for the rest of my life because that's the monkey on my back. Character defects, that's my addiction. You can call, call it what you will, but for me, a character defect is my addiction. It's the monkey on my back doing push-ups out in the parking lot, and it will reappear at any given time if I am not vigilant. Thank God for the program and all of you. I all pass. Thank you so much, Blanca BG. Next, we have Alice W. and then Carmela G. Go ahead, Alice. Thank you. Can I be heard okay? Yes, you can. Can I be? Yeah, okay. Sorry, I just always have to check. Um, Alice, compulsive overeater, what an amazing meeting. Thank you so much. And um, I just want to share on the gossip thing that uh, one of my defects, one of my many defects is laziness. Like, I'm so lazy. And with gossip, for me, you know, yes, it's a sort of self-elevation, but also it's I can't be bothered to do the work like the step 10 and the problem you know when it says about the problem is in me um and I actually heard on a meeting today that that um it's a god-shaped hole that actually is much more apparent when I put down the food (laughs) and then you know obviously the steps and everything else helps but um is obviously the solution to the spiritual awakening um, but for me, I'm lazy. I, I, I don't want to do the work. So I think if I gossip, then they're going to deal with it and help me get to the bottom of my resentment. And actually, that's just gossip. And I loved that about it, it hurts three people, you know, and it, and it causes harm. Um, and I just want them to take that away from me. But what happens is I just feel worse and more angry. Um, and I'm not looking at what is inside of me that's resentful um, and doing the work myself so I can heal this about whoever I'm gossiping about because, you know, why am I bothered, you know, otherwise it's it's within me that's, that's bothered. Um, and also I just want to say that gossip is something that is, is something, I've had a lot of fish to fry. I have a lot of fish to fry with all my defects and gossip is something I sort of put on the back thing. I'm like, oh, I'm all right with gossip, you know. <laughs> It's not causing too much pain. And actually, do you know what? It's such, it's becoming more and more apparent just at this stage of my recovery of how much I I do need to work on gossip and how easy it is. And it's like this flippant sort of, sort of slapping of someone, you know, it's sort of who's not there. It's so kind of um, idle and talking about someone badly. and, And it's this false intimacy. It's not real intimacy. And I think you know, it can be seen as a sort of bonding thing, you know, where I feel it's bonding when I when I gossip, and it's not bonding. Um, and it's easy, and it's kind of a bit reckless, and it just isn't the true intimacy or true relationship, and I really need to look at it, and I kind of feel like, hopefully, I'm ready to really look at gossip. So it's, it's a really um, 
really lovely to hear all this. And, and, and that's just my two pennies. You know, my experience at the moment on gossip is, is I just don't want to do the work and, and I have to do the step tens and, you know, um, you know, and, and, and if I can avoid doing the work, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I will. And that's my battle at the moment. And I know that I feel a lot better when I do. So, um, yeah, just really grateful. And I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, LSW. Next, we have Carmela G. Hi, it's Carmela G, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today from New York. When I initially did my step four inventory and I identified this as a defective character, I was foolish enough to think I can't say I was young and foolish because I was old and foolish. Um, I just thought, well, once I, I give it to God, it's gone. But the reality was it takes time. And everything, all of my defects need to be removed, not in Carmela's time, but in God's time. Just like everything else in my life, it's always in God's time. And... What I realized with the defect of gossiping is in disease, I considered myself equal to God. I was God. I was demanding. I expected to people, people to do what Carmela told them to do. And in gossiping, I was criticizing God's creation. God gave me free will, and I used it. He gave it to others, and they were using it, and I was the critic. I thought I was the righteous critic. And today, I don't find it so much a problem. Of course, every, every day is a new day, and I may slip back, but the gift is the God of my understanding is also merciful, and he will remind me, and he will forgive. And with that, I'm able to live every day working this program and focusing on first love of God and then love of neighbors. And if I love you, I'm not going to slander you. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela. So for those who just joined us, we are on page 80, the second paragraph. This brings to mind the story, ending in fact, his rival was ruined. Who would like to share next? Susan A. Barbara Susan G. A. Is that Laura G? Barbara G. Oh, Barbara G. Okay. And go ahead, sir. Could you repeat your name? It's Barbara W. Yeah, I have Barbara, but there was a gentleman I missed. Go ahead. A gentleman I missed. Okay. Anyone else like to share? W. Go ahead, Chair. 
No, Susan A. and then Barb Barbara G. and then. Okay. And what was your name? Bridget M. It's so hard to hear people. You're gonna to have to say it a little bit louder. Bridget M. Bridget, maybe. Okay, we'll go with Bridget. Okay. All right. Let's start with Susan A. Followed by Barbara G. Go ahead, Susan. Good morning. This is Susan A., compulsive overeater recovering today from outside of Philadelphia. And I learned my lesson about gossip just a couple of years ago, and I had been in program for many years. And um, I was being bullied by someone in work, and it was it was significant. And I would talk about what this person was doing towards me. And at the time, I didn't realize that that was gossip. Um, Because to me, I'm just, quote, venting about what's happening to me that I have no control over. And I had decided to go through the steps again and you know, it comes up to resentments, and I had a huge resentment against this person. And I worked through it, and lo and behold, I found out that I, too, do exactly what she does. And that was just, you know, mind-boggling for me. And when it came to the ninth step, how do I make amends? Um, I had a very experienced sponsor who said, Okay, you need to apologize to every single person who you gossip to directly. And then you need to, at some point, in front of everyone who was affected, which was my entire workplace, because I was contributing to a negative work culture by saying these negative things about this person. So I was told in front of everyone, I have to say something nice about this person. And I'm like, I I couldn't think of one thing, not one thing. And I prayed on it and prayed on it. And when am I going to do this? And then it hit me. We would have a, a meeting, a group meeting of everyone in the workplace. And at the end of the meeting, we could give kudos to people. And it could be for anything. So I came up with a kudo, and I said it. And that was the hardest thing for me and the most powerful thing because I did not want to do that. And I did it, and that is a very good reminder for me what I'll have to do if I choose to gossip because it it was painful. And um, I kind of don't want to gossip again, but as I'm hearing things and just reflecting, I I am from time to time, just getting that vicarious pleasure out of hearing the gossip. And I'm really grateful to the person who gave her experience on what she does now. So thank you for letting me share and have a great day. Thank you so much, Susan A. Next, we'll have Barbara G., and I think it's Bridget M., but hopefully she'll correct me. So, Barbara G., go ahead. 
Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Barbara G, uh, calling from New York. I am um, so grateful of this shares this morning because as I was listening, I remembered that when I started to work the steps seriously with a sponsor who was guiding me through the steps in the big book, one, among, one of the first instructions my uh, sponsor gave me was uh, like assignments, like things that I should do was we don't gossip. And I didn't understand, honestly, as many other things that I didn't understand back then, but because I was, uh, uh, I believe I received the gift of desperation and I was really willing to do whatever I was told. I started to do that. I started not to gossip on my workplace, uh, among my friends, in my family. And that made of me someone not very popular at the beginning because uh, I discovered that majority of the conversations in my family were about gossiping with about one another and also gossiping at work was one of the major activities undertaken by everyone but I was willing not to engage in those because I I I was really willing not to, to 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 follow the instructions I was given because at the time I did not have the understanding that I heard this morning about the spiritual meaning of of not gossiping. I have no idea. Of, I mean, I, I didn't have it in me, the desire not to hurt people, not because I wanted to hurt them, but because I was spiritually so poor and so uneducated. And, uh, and so I just followed directions. And guess what? I found myself, yes, I was a little bit unpopular, but it didn't really matter because I did thank God, find other ways to make friends and uh, also allies in the family. But I, I found out that not gossiping made me less fearful in front of my boss. I never gossiped about my boss with my colleagues. And that, as a result of that, I, I, was, I wasn't full of guilt. I wasn't full of remorse. I wasn't full of, 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 of fear. That was one of the positive consequences of not gossiping. And then, and one last thing I will say before passing, uh, because time passes quickly, another th I because I had done gossip uh, a lot before starting to work in the step seriously, I remember that I had to make amends. And my sponsor was very clear. We do not make amends to the people we gossiped about but we make amends to the people we gossip with because by gossiping, you kind of uh, kind. deprive, thank you, the other person of, uh, of having their experience about a fact or a person. And that I find is something that has really, really helped me over the years to practice. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara G. And um, I hope I got the name right, Bridget M. Yes, Bridget M. from Texas. Oh, perfect. Go ahead. And um, we might have time for one more after you, but go just, ahead, Bridget. Just just real quickly, thank you for your service. Thank you for this meeting. Thank you for this number to be able to call it. I'm so, so, so very new to the program. 
Um, I'm without sponsor right now, but I drop in occasionally. And every time I drop in here, the paragraph that you're on is speaking directly to me. I have a lot of issues right now, but this this paragraph about slander and gossip, I'm in the midst of it. I need to get a sponsor so I can work these steps because I'm so damaged. I see my character defect. This is all glaring at me. Thank you for your sharing. The sharing is what speaks to my heart. I thank God because he thumps me upside the head and says, call that number. Get in the program. Stay in the program. I got to get in. I got to stay in. Thank you all for your sharing. That's what I wanted to say most of all. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being here. I'm a big gossip. This speaks directly to me. A big gossip. I listen. I spread it. I got to I got to get my act together and until I do I'm going to continue to ruminate about this marriage that I'm stuck right in the middle of and doing nothing about I need to get to work on me and I just wanted to say thank you for your service thank you for all your shares because they speak to me and they tell me there is help if I want help so thank you and I pass Thank you very much, Bridget M. And Barbara W., we have about two minutes. Go ahead. Barbara W.? Okay. I'm Barbara Go W. I'm a recovery for Eda. And I just want to share on that page 80 that she was talking about, they were talking about, uh, well, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family right quick, very dysfunctional. We used to, uh, my mother had nine kids, and we used to tell on each other. It was horrible. And as we got older, all of us, she had nine kids. We all are still living but two. We just would talk about one another. And as I got older, I'm 68 now, one, and a lot of them are 60, and they all coming through. But we, and my other brother, he's in NA program. We all learned to, uh, from my mother, going to church, because I go to church too, and we all go. We learn to pray for each other now. We learn to get more control, and plus the steps that we're in of recovery here, where the vision for you is teaching me to let it go, is teaching me to pray for, pe- for one another. The person who it is, let it go and let it go and move on. And I see that God works it out that way to try to keep peace with other people, even at work now, I'm finding out that, because we are all sick people and we are all trying to get well. And we are, those that are in the program, I'm still sick. I'm still trying to get well. So therefore, what I try to do, working my step, even with my sponsor I have now, nice ladies helping me. We go through things. We talk about things. I'm learning to let things go because it's useless now. And I'm getting older as well. <laughs> I'm 68 years old now. And, and I don't feel like that I want to be in an argument disagreeing with people because that's, I feel that it's controlling as well. Let people go, and I live my life, and I continue to work my program, even in church. 
It's not always the same way, but we all are learning. And I say always, let me begin with me. And I'm trying to be an example. And it's not always easy, but God is doing this for me. So I'm grateful for this program, and I thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara W. Um, today's share ID for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,239. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Barb W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.